In this edition, Professors Kevin Winthrop and Leonard Calabresi preview an upcoming highlights from ACR 2020 course, available soon on the CSF. The first two presentations from Professor Kevin Winthrop focus on COVID-19. Here, he reviews COVID-19 infections in RA patients receiving biologic and targeted synthetic DMARs. So this was a systematic review that included eight observational cohort studies comprised of over 6,000 patients with uh, various rheumatic diseases. Uh, and of these patients, um, 123 or 2% uh, had COVID-19 either confirmed or met a case definition of, of likely or highly probable. Uh, most of these patients, uh, well, I should say the majority had RA, only 28% were RA, but that was the majority of the group. And the proportion of patients uh, who had COVID-19 in this assessment uh, who were on biologics was 68%, and 31% were on TNF blockers. Uh, only 6% were on JAK inhibitors. Among those with SARS-CoV-2 in this assessment, um, of the 123 patients, 91 were not hospitalized. So the vast majority were not hospitalized, 73%. And among those remaining that were hospitalized, 11% uh, um, of the total required ICU admission. And overall, four patients of the um, 123 patients died. So that was 3.2% of total. So what did this systematic review tell us? Um, it suggested that the incidence of COVID-19 infection was fairly low. It wasn't higher than what one would expect uh, in the rheumatic disease population. Uh, most patients had uh, a fairly mild clinical course and the percent of patients hospitalized or dying from COVID seemed to be uh, in line with what we'd see with the general population uh, or maybe even better, but certainly not higher. Um, so, What's this worth? Well, it's a, it's a cohort study, it's observational. We need more data, we need larger data sets and they are out there, they're being published and the COVID Global Alliance uh, has been very important uh, for rheumatology in that regard. And I look forward to seeing more data out there. Staying with COVID-19, Professor Winthrop elaborates on the adherence of patients with rheumatic disease treated with biologics or targeted synthetic DMARDs. So lastly, adherence in patients with chronic rheumatic diseases uh, treated with biologics and uh, synthetics targeted therapies during this pandemic. Uh, this was a uh, telephone interview uh, survey conducted in Spain where 400 patients uh, were phoned and asked about uh, their management of their uh, DMAR therapy during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, interestingly, 8% or 32 patients had discontinued their treatment, uh, mostly out of fear of suffering uh, the infection of COVID-19. Several had discontinued, about 28% of those who had discontinued had discontinued because they thought they might have COVID. Uh, and very few, only 6% or two patients had, had discontinued due to confirmed COVID. Um, interestingly, 58% of patients knew about the use of anti-rheumatic drugs for the treatment of COVID-19. Of course, there are a number of drugs under study, uh, including uh, several of the drugs frequently used in rheumatology, both JAK inhibitors, TNF blockers, uh, IL-6 inhibitors, uh, IL-1 inhibitors. There's a number of drugs that uh, are in the midst of being studied uh, for this condition. So uh, in conclusion, it was interesting to me that um, 
adherence to treatment for rheumatic diseases was actually quite high in the city of Madrid, which was hit very hard by the, the COVID epidemic in the spring. And uh, interestingly, also that the many of these patients understood that these drugs uh, may have a benefit uh, and they might have a risk and that we just don't know yet. Uh, so uh, the main reason that the patients who discontinued, who did discontinue, which was the minority, of course, was, was the fear that their drugs might worsen their outcomes. And again, I think that's still an open question. Um, in a later uh, program, perhaps, uh, maybe Len and I will be back to review where we are with COVID-19 therapeutics. It's a very fluid field, um, but as you're aware, some, some of these studies have recently emerged including the um, baricinib on top of uh, remdesivir study, which showed some uh, added uh, benefit uh, with baricinib as compared to remdesivir alone. So these types of things are starting to come out. We'll know more. And, and really, I'll just echo that we need RCT data, randomized control trial data, to really understand the risks and benefits uh, of these therapies. In the next presentation, Professor Calabresi analyzes the response between upadacitinib and adalimumab among patients with RA and a prior inadequate response to methotrexate. So this is uh, uh, Professor Nash um, from Australia, uh, who look at the sustainability of response between upadacitinib and adalimumab. Everybody knows, you know, there's head-to-head drug, you know, two drugs in one house. Um, and uh, 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 upadacitinib uh, wound up uh, vesting uh, adalimumab in multiple variables. So they wanted to look and see what happens um, if you follow these down the line. Next slide. This is the entire data analysis and, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, during the last follow-up visit, you can see the difference of 51 versus 45% uh, in reaching CDI remission. Um, uh, you know, there's a, there's, they separate um, and it persists. And then uh, if you look at low disease activity, you obviously have more patients responding um, and that uh, uh, persists. So again, uh, this is a continuation of a theme that has been seen throughout the upadacitinib development program that at best adalimumab, um, you know, not, uh, you know, crushing, uh, but uh, clearly uh, separates in a, um, a statistical fashion. Next. And that is the conclusion of this, that through 72 weeks, um, there were numerically higher proportions retaining response uh, among the upadacitinib-treated patients. In the final presentation, Professor Calabresi gives us a final look into this ACR 2020 course. He examines the comparative effectiveness of abatacept versus tofacitinib in patients that were ACPA positive. Now let's look at the comparative effectiveness of ABBA versus TOFA after six months of treatment uh, in patients with RA who were CCP positive. This is from Leslie Harold, um, uh, um, uh, uh, and, and this was done on a U.S. national observational study. Next. So it's interesting that abatacept has been around for a long time. Um, you know, a number of years ago, it's considered to be kind of like a a weak hitter in this class, and then it was compared to adalimumab and came, demonstrated that it was you know, equally potent to a TNF inhibitor. Since that time, there have been data to suggest that there may be preferential control of disease when you use abatacept in ACPA-positive patients. So this is taking on tofacitinib. Uh, this is a tall task. 
Um, now, this wasn't a head-to-head -head trial by any means, but it was a well-done trial. Um, they looked at for patients with over ACPA-positive um, um, and who had initiated uh, ABAR-TOFA and had at least six months of uh, follow-up. Um, and then uh, they were matched one-to-one -one on a number of prior biologics, uh, duration of RA, education, number of, uh, of uh, prior um, uh, other therapies, uh, time uh, on therapy, baseline CDI. It was a well-adjusted study. So the next slide tells the answer to this. And the, the short answer is that there were no significant differences. If you look at p-values, there's nothing here. But if you actually look at the trends, um, you know, uh, apatessip was not the weak hitter in this group. And if you actually look at change of baseline uh, to six months in CDI, um, you know, numerically, uh, clearly uh, tilts uh, uh, ABBA. Um, and change in baseline at six months in CDI um, clearly tilts ABBA. Um, and then, you know, adjusting it for uh, prior therapies um, uh, uh, shows that, you know, uh, the naive patients were doing the best, the most experienced patients uh, there were the least. So in this adjusted analysis, there was no significant differences in the means and CDI scores at six months um, for these two drugs, which I think is pretty interesting. And then uh, our conclusions are um, that uh, uh, there are numerically greater mean change uh, in CDI at six months in ABBA versus TOFA. Um, uh, uh, and the, I think that being positive uh, does mean something for that drug. And additional studies to explore these findings in a larger population be required. And uh, I think it would be very, very interesting. Thank you for listening to this edition of Insights at ACR 2020. Make sure to subscribe to the CSF podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So you don't miss out on our other ACR 2020 content like our condensed daily highlights of the ACR Congress. If you found this informative, why not listen to our regular podcasts, which include author interviews and a monthly review of the latest cytokine signaling papers hosted by the CSF chairman, Professor Ian McInnes. You can also visit cytokinesignaling.com for access to a wide range of free educational resources, including monthly slide summaries of the latest papers and accredited CME courses. Thank <laughs> you.